I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Tuesday, January 30th. A rally will be held outside Congressman Stephen Lynch's office in Quincy Center today, calling on Lynch to support a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. The group wants Lynch to work to clarify that he does not support ousting Palestinians from Gaza. During the rally, a Palestinian-American is expected to speak about the issue. In a statement, the group sponsoring the rally says they are sickened at the horror and hatred and violence. Similar rallies are planned at congressional offices around the state. The Quincy Center rally is planned for 1 p.m. outside Lynch's office on Hancock Street. Police say a backpack and a swollen hand helped them solve a series of robberies. Terrell Damon is suspected of robbing the CVS in South Braintree Square last week, and Brockton police believe he's robbed up to four stores in their city. Damon appeared in Brockton District Court yesterday, and Braintree police are seeking a warrant for his arrest at Quincy District Court. He allegedly robbed the CVS on Washington Street in South Braintree Square last Thursday and claimed to have a gun. Braintree police shared the surveillance footage with Brockton police. That's when an officer recognized Damon. Brockton has seen robberies at four stores in the past month, including at a McDonald's and a Cumberland Farms. In all of the robberies, police said the culprit took a gun out of a black backpack, and surveillance video appeared to show him with a swollen hand. When police arrested Damon, they said they found the black backpack with a BB gun and noticed his hand was swollen. In court yesterday, a defense lawyer argued that the facts on the new case are thin and said police descriptions of the robber were too generic to connect Damon to the crime. A judge found probable cause to hold Damon without bail until a dangerousness hearing next Monday. In a strongly worded release issued yesterday, Senator Elizabeth Warren blasted and battled Stewart Healthcare, saying its executives are putting profits over patients and went to great lengths to hide critical information about its financial status from state officials. The Bay State Democrat added that she is deeply concerned by Stewart's grave financial situation and appalled by allegations of patient neglect at Stewart facilities. Last week, Warren led the Massachusetts congressional delegation in a letter to Stewart CEO Ralph De La Torre to remind him of significant impacts on patients if any of Stewart's hospitals were to close in Massachusetts. Congressman Stephen Lynch was one of the delegation members who signed the letter. Stewart operates Kearney Hospital in Dorchester, Good Samaritan Medical Center in Brockton, Holy Family Hospital in Haverhill and Methuen, Morton Hospital in Taunton, Neshoba Valley Medical Center in Ayer, New England Sinai Hospital in Stoughton, Norwood Hospital, which is closed and undergoing construction following a serious flood, St. Anne's Hospital in Fall River, and St. Elizabeth's Medical Center in Brighton. The company employs more than 16,000 nurses, doctors, and other health care workers. In its letter, the delegation cited a January 19th Boston Globe report indicating Stewart is in grave financial distress. The company's plans to close New England Sinai 
a January 4th Medical Properties Trust report regarding unmet rent and loan payments and federal charges that Stewart St. Elizabeth's Medical Center, Stewart Medical Group, and Stewart Healthcare System violated the False Claims Act. Stewart issued a statement in response to the letter saying Stewart Healthcare serves a patient population that are among the Commonwealth's most vulnerable and that we are committed to continuing to care for them. We are committed to working productively with public officials to ensure that we can provide uninterrupted and high-quality care for the communities we serve. Governor Mara Healy said that she is monitoring the evolving situation at Stewart Healthcare with the goal of ensuring stability in the state health care system. State lawmakers are also looking to obtain more detailed financial information from Stewart as they evaluate potential interventions to safeguard access to hospitals. Senator Nick Collins says he visited St. Elizabeth's and Kearney Hospital, which is in his district. He said hospital employees are stressed by the company's financial problems but are committed to serving their communities. Senate President Karen Spilka has also been pondering the issues presented by Steward's situation, and Attorney General Andrea Campbell is also focused on the matter. The Thomas Crane Public Library is unveiling a new collection of things designed to reduce excessive consumption and accumulation of objects. The new library of things will include items related to cooking, health and recreation, electronics, hobbies, music, and tools. The new collection aims to reduce environmental impact while promoting community belonging and mutual learning. Anyone with a library card in good standing can check out items from the new Library of Things, sign a borrowing agreement, and return the items clean and in their respective containers. The public is invited to the grand opening of the new collection tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. at the main branch on Washington Street in Quincy Center. Brian Walsh, the alleged killer of his wife, Anna, will be sentenced next month in a federal art fraud case. The scheduled date comes after an agreement between his defense lawyer and prosecutor, which is intended to settle the issue of how accusations that Walsh stole from his father's estate should affect the federal sentence. Walsh from Cohasset was charged with selling two counterfeit Andy Warhol paintings in 2016. Investigators believe he took the authentic paintings from a friend and used photographs to attempt to sell replicas on eBay. Though he pleaded guilty in 2021, sentencing was delayed because of allegations that he stole from his father's estate. Walsh allegedly pulled over $100,000 from his father's bank accounts three months after his father's death in 2018. Walsh's criminal lawyer, Tracy Minor, and prosecutor Timothy Morgan told the judge at a brief hearing yesterday they wanted to present the judge with facts about the probate issue and ask the judge to decide whether it amounted to obstruction of justice. Walsh's final sentencing is scheduled for February 22nd. Walsh was not in court yesterday and remains in custody on charges of murdering his wife and disposing of her body. The city of Boston is preparing to receive migrant families who've been spending their nights at Logan Airport. The Melnia Cass Recreation Center in Roxbury is considered the best option to give the families a safer place. 
The center, which belongs to the state, will be converted into a temporary shelter for those families who've been sleeping at the airport. The images of immigrant families sleeping at Logan went around the world, and now Governor Healy's pointing to the recreation center as a solution. The Boston Mayor Michelle Wu expressed her disappointment in an interview yesterday that the state chose Roxbury, a neighborhood where mostly black people live and for decades has been marginalized with little to no investment as the location for the largest temporary shelter in the state. The mayor acknowledged that leaders have toured other spaces, but none were ready to meet the urgent needs of the crisis. If everything continues to move forward, families could move in as soon as tomorrow. They'll be provided with food, health services, transportation, and legal advice. Massachusetts is a right-to-shelter state, but the number of migrant families arriving has strained the system, and capacity has been capped at 7,500. The Healy administration's been scrambling to open new shelters as hundreds more families sit on a wait list. State leaders have called for the federal government to intervene in the crisis. Governor has also included $325 million for family shelters in her latest budget proposal, with a supplemental budget of $700 million so shelters can keep up with demand over the next year. The highest court in Massachusetts has turned away a challenge to take former President Donald Trump off the Republican primary ballot. Supreme Court Justice Frank Gaziano denied a petition asking the court to either declare Trump ineligible for the primary ballot or order the state ballot law commission to revisit the issue after it previously decided it lacked jurisdiction. A civil rights group and local law firm have argued that Trump should not appear on the ballot because he violated a constitutional clause that says anyone who engaged in insurrection or rebellion can't be president. Gaziano wrote in his decision that the legal challenges have come too soon. Gaziano also said the U.S. Supreme Court may soon settle the issue of Trump's ballot eligibility. Supreme Court agreed earlier this month to review a decision from Colorado's top court to keep Trump off the primary ballot because of his conduct related to the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Last week, the Maine Supreme Court declined to weigh in on Trump's ballot eligibility. The Secretary of State there declared that Trump was ineligible to appear on the ballot, but a judge put that decision on hold until the U.S. Supreme Court rules in the Colorado case. A check of business news this morning. Stocks bounced back yesterday. The Dow soared 224 points. The Nasdaq rose 172. The S&P added 36. Asian stocks were mixed. The dollar and the euro were down. Oil at almost $77 a barrel. In sports, Celtics beat New Orleans 118-112. They host the Pacers tonight at 7.30. Forecast from the National Weather Service today, some light snow showers around this morning, and then cloudy and chilly, high today only 29. Cloudy tonight, low 27. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds, high of 37. Cloudy on Thursday, a high of 43. And Friday, cloudy with a high of 41. For the boater, waves 2 feet, northeast winds 10 to 15, gusting to 20, high tide right after 2 p.m. Sunrise 659, set 455. 
A traffic note for River Bridge, scheduled to open today at 2.15 and Thursday at 7 a.m. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News Update for Tuesday, January 30th.